0: Welcome to Made for More. My name is Aaron Berg. Thanks for listening and being part of this podcast family. We drop new content the first Wednesday of every month. Thanks for um, subscribing and sharing it with your friends. I hear and get the reports and see the DMs on Instagram. And I love every bit of it. So thanks for being part of it. Today we have the man, the myth, the legend, Philip Engel with us today. I've been able to get to know Philip a lot the last year, year and a half as he has walked into Radiant to really help coach us to go to the next level, and so has tons of experience in the church world, small church, multi-site, different backgrounds, and then now has served the last six years as the senior coach and general manager for Focus 412, which is a coaching organization that helps churches grow, equipping healthy staff, systems, culture, and honestly, it's, it's amazing what you guys do. You have been a huge help.
1: It's been an honor to be even invited in, to be a part of the Radiant family has been incredible. Yep. So well,
0: thanks. and we had uh, Phil Klein on a few yep. months ago, yep. and Phil was amazing. So I just heard that you're going to bring even better content. Oh,
1: that's the goal. Always. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's always, that's the goal. always the goal. So, Glad he went first, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. So give us a little background. Tell us who you are, kind of your hey, history.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a husband and a father of three little boys. We got a nine, seven, and almost five. Uh, so that's keeping us keeping us busy. busy yes. right? We love it. Uh, summertime is here. And yeah. uh, we've also, we're in Atlanta, Georgia right now. Uh, as, as you mentioned, had uh, quite a few years in the ministry world, some incredible opportunities. God, God's kind of allowed uh, this leadership, a desire to grow and to understand how organizations work and function uh, has always kind of kept me looking at what what are organizations out there doing? What, how how yeah. are they doing it? And then bringing that experience to churches that are really wrestling through some of the same things and help them contextualize those principles and those practices so that they can really scale and grow. Uh, hopefully learn from other people's stupid tax that they've paid. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. <laughs> so. And you're honestly around some of the greatest organizations, oh, churches in the world. I mean, even right before this, I was asking you, like, you're know, around all these guys, who's super impressive? Right. And it's really amazing That you have been instrumental, you're kind of the behind the scenes guru, Focus 412, you guys, on helping these churches get healthy. And so you learn a lot. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. learn, you know. And what I love is that, you know, people that look like they got it all together, they don't always have it all together.
1: I would hate for somebody to do what I do with churches to come and look at Focus 412 because we all have our stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, geez.
0: (laughs) And that is a great lesson for everybody that (laughs) looks at social media and goes, man, they just have. Before you walked in, you probably thought Radiant had it all together too until you got behind the scenes.
1: Totally. I didn't know what we were gonna do, but well, we found some things. We have
0: kept you busy the last Stop. couple of years. Okay. So I'll throw some rapid fire questions at you and then we'll get into sure. our content for today. Yeah. Um give us a little bit of a behind the scenes, like favorite Netflix show.
1: Oh man. It's not Netflix. Or streamings. Yeah, I would anything. Say- Ted Lasso has been, I've never heard of it. Oh, uh, Apple TV. Okay. It's a little bit of language, but okay. it's, it's an incredible storyline. You got to You got it. Like it
0: a, uh, like a country. It's,
1: like- so Ted Lasso, he's a, an American oh, Ted, Lasso. Ted Lasso. He's okay. an American football coach that goes to Europe to coach a soccer team and knows nothing about soccer. It's brilliant. Okay. It's so I'll, good.
0: I'll have to check it out. All right. Best book other than the Bible.
1: Of course. Um, man, I'm a Tozer fan. Yeah. And, uh, I got to pull it up. I don't even know the title. I've been, it's, it, I think it's like shallow faith, something like sure. It's just challenging me. My word for this year, my relationship with God is serious and it's like, very good. It's, it's kept me, kept me rooted. Pretty, That's awesome. Pretty good.
0: So favorite cereal. Ooh, Are you a cereal
1: guy? I, I'll eat some cereal. It's shred, frosted shredded mini wheats, but the blueberry. Oh, it's a, only never, did it at night because it's <laughs> like a dessert. That is
0: like, if I'm trying to eat healthy, the only thing I have to cut out of my life is late night cereal. Oh, it's yeah. it's the worst. <laughs> okay. Here's one last question I True. ask it to everybody. True. If you were to eliminate one fast food restaurant off the face of the planet, nobody ever had to oh. eat there again, what would you eliminate? Man.
1: Probably Burger King. Wow. Yeah. Why? It's the smell. It's, it doesn't just. Have- <laughs> I've it doesn't just affect, it doesn't affect the people in the restaurant, but people outside the restaurant you are too. Absolutely it would right. Help the environment, I, I think. Probably. You know what? Sorry, I, Burger King. I am. <laughs> I.
0: You know, I've done I think fourteen, fifteen of these episodes, and probably half of them have said Burger King. Really? It's really shocking. Seriously, people hate Burger King. Wow. So, and I actually think the food's good. By the way, the breakfast is really good, but that's another topic that's great. for another day. Okay, let's talk about this idea sure. that I think is incredible. Actually, you came to our staff and you taught our staff on the idea yeah. of leading up. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Man, for me, I think that the sentence that I would hang underneath this is, be the leader you wish you had to lead. That's That's really good. That's been really my mantra because in any relationship, the only person you can affect is yourself. Yep. Like in your marriage, anything. I wish my wife, or I wish they did, or what if, why couldn't they ask? And it's like, that's just, it's not worth that mental energy. Really, the only person you can affect is yourself. So the goal for me is, as, and even as an organization of Focus 412, we want to be a team of number twos. We come and we do your thing, not our thing. Right. And so I've realized that, that everybody serves somebody in the organization. Even if you're the person in the organization, you have a board. Ultimately, all, we all report to God. So it's saying, how do I lead up? Um, what kind of attitudes? What kind of actions? Uh, what kind of principles really transcend business, church, ministry, all that stuff? Uh, so to so that's it's really driven a lot of, of what I get to do and help, help church staffs.
0: So how does relationship with your leader affect how you lead under them?
1: Um, yeah, the, this is, I think this is crucial because there are leaders generically, but then there's your, your leader right? and really understanding your leader accelerates the process of how well you could serve that leader. So I, I like to ask four questions or, or know that, Hey, my leaders made up of four things. One is their expertise. Um, mm. So what are you uniquely gifted to do? What are they passionate about? What comes natural is really a joy for them to do. That's that's your sweet spot. So if I understand, hey, you you are visionary and incredible communicator. Now I know how to support what you're best at. Um, it's also your experience. Right. You've had a past experience. When I come and join you on your mission, right? you're not just a makeup of today's experiences, but your past experiences. So I want to know, where did you come from? What roles did you have before? Uh, who did you learn from? What that does is that helps me create empathy for for, Absolutely. A, for a leader. Um, the last two is their personality. So how do you relate to others? What charges or refuels you? Uh, what what do you do? When do you do your best work? It's time of day. That's an important of the year, question
0: to know about your right? leader. Yeah.
1: Because if you're hitting me up at 10 p.m. Right. I may be like, oh, I got to get this stuff done. And you're like, no, no, no. Take care of that stuff tomorrow. I'm just. I'm in the zone, I'm on the treadmill, whatever it may be, I can, I can compliment you versus try to feel like I'm competing with with you in in that, in that moment. And then lastly, your preferences, like all leaders, come on, let's be real. You have preferences. So don't hide behind like, Oh, whatever you want, whatever. Let me know what those preferences are. So what details are you particular about? What's important that to you that may not be for others. And then even what distracts you if it's not done right like very good. Just knowing those things helps me create standards. So I know your strengths, I know your standards, I know your your sweet spot and I have empathy for you because I understand you as a human. It's like I'm beginning to understand the leader I'm serving. So you're
0: becoming a student of your leader, which I think is the way you presented to our staff, which I thought was brilliant. So let's say someone's here and they work for, you know, the VP of the company or their manager. Right. How do you suggest they approach that? Cuz to right. sit down and go Tell me your preferences, you know, tell, right, or, right. or is that the, what they do? Yeah,
1: like, it's both. Okay. I, I think everybody loves to talk about themselves. Let's, That's be, true. let's be real. Like, that is true. So if you come with a list and say, hey, tell me about your past experiences before, before coming here. I'd love to know what roles did you play? Like, just be interested in who they are it's going to be hard to get them to stop talking. You true. But when it comes to those preferences, I would say I draft. I like to, I like to watch and pick up and say, why did, why did you move that there? Why did you piece that? And you, and you can ask. And I think if you're a leader leading people, it's also helpful to say, I'm not doing this so that you can bow to the King, but, but really understanding why I do what I do is actually going to help us get a better relationship moving forward.
0: I think it's brilliant because I think of the some of the top leaders in in our organization, they're constantly asking me those questions. Hey, it's interesting because you didn't respond at this time, but then when I wrote this time, you respond a lot. Oh, well, that's because that's when I'm on. Right. Like, I, that's when I thrive. Right. So I think them even prying into those kind of questions. I think your question about understanding their history makes up a lot. Yeah, you know what books has shaped you. Yeah, what you know who are the people that you look up to. Because then you're able to. I mean, once you have to learn your leader, right? To, so you can know how to thrive underneath that. I,
1: I want to read the same books because when you yep. come and you reference something, yep. I'm like, contextually, I understand where that came from. Right. I'm not just in a test tube, like, oh, you like this, you like to have this meeting at this time. Okay, we'll do this meeting at that time. That's that's not helpful for anyone. Right. We got to understand the context. So.
0: So a lot of people are listening to this that are working underneath visionary leaders. I mean, you're, they've started businesses, they've started, you know, churches, they've started things and, and that takes a unique role of just going, okay, this is my manager versus this is a visionary leader. You've worked underneath one. I mean, you still work underneath one right now. How, How do you navigate that?
1: Yeah. I think something that's key about visionary leaders is that visionary leaders often have more vision than they have time. Then they mm-hmm. have resources and then they have team members to yeah. actually carry that out. So some visionary leaders can be very f- uh, either frustrated because they realize I have more vision than I have resources to, to do, or maybe frustrating to work for because mm-hmm. it's constant dripping of vision. So they're filled and driven by what could be. So just recognizing that is is one thing and giving a safe place for a visionary leader to cast vision. I think the piece that that's a backdrop to this is understanding that a visionary leader has a calling, mm-hmm. so they're they're called to to a city, especially in ministry, they're called to a city, they're called to a specific people group. Uh, they have a vision, and that's a picture of what could be. Right. They're still being driven by by what, could, so they living they're living in the future. And I think this is the piece that may be a bit of a surprise is they have a responsibility, which I would define as a psychological ownership to make that vision a reality. So it's like if you ever are working with a visionary leader, it's like either help me accomplish this or get out of my way. Yes. So so it's like, it's just understanding, okay, I understand my leader and I understand it, the, the dynamic of a visionary leader. Those two are helpful in of itself, but it isn't until you start to put those two together that you realize, oh, here's how my visionary leader yes. works, works together. So
0: I have some great people that report to me and part of their responsibility is to pull that vision out mm-hmm. of me. Yep. Because I'm I know it. It's yeah. just, you know, I think there's there's a skill. Yeah. So how do you pull that vision oh, out yeah, of yeah. them sometimes That's of like great. making sure you know exactly what are you thinking? What's on right, your mind? Right,
1: right. Yeah. I think I think it's creating margin for that space to be a safe space That's for it really to happen. Because sometimes visionary leaders are afraid that. I've already poured out so much vision. I have yes. so much more. I don't want to weigh them down. So I like doing it over I meals. feel like that
0: all the time. Good. Yeah, all the time.
1: And well, I mean, it's it's this is part of this process of saying. But if you had a space where let's just dream together, what keeps really you up good. at night? I love question based conversations because it gets. I'm not trying to steer towards anything, right? But for you to get it out, and then for me systematically, maybe to have a spot for those visions to sit yep. to rest. Um, and even asking asking follow up questions like, uh, how how soon do you want this to be a reality? What what because we can't also do this. We have to do this in all reality. Mm-hmm. We have full plates. So if we want this vision to supersede this vision, that's okay. Right. That's actually not my decision to make. The benefit I come is to say, hey, we talked about this vision six months ago, and then you just dropped this on us last week, which we love both. If we had a limited amount of time, resources, and, and, and money, right. which one would you want done first? When, the beauty of that is I bring it back to the visionary leader to and say… And you
0: said first, not which right. one do you want done. Done, right. Because right. I would say I want both of them done. <laughs>
1: sure, sure. But you said first. first. Right. And I think that's brilliant. Right. The other thing I think with the visionary leader is that whenever the vision is realized, we as supporting visionary leaders have to be the ones that says stop can we just take a moment can i borrow you for just a moment to celebrate yes. this past vision and the realization of this with the team yes because we're on to the next you're already thing. over there yep. yeah you're on to like oh, i saw that three months ago right. when i cast the vision and it's right. like yeah yeah you did but we have some executionary people that are just now realizing right pastor pastor Aaron was right or this our leader was right this was a good idea they literally are just realizing that so
0: how did you get comfortable in your skin as being a number two because I think there is a world that honestly a world very rarely celebrates right the VP the chief of staff you know it's like they celebrate the point person the guy on the stage or the girl on the stage how do you how do you find that security and like okay I know this is what God's called me to do yeah. or
1: I think it was a prioritization of I I'm just like anybody else I want to be successful I, right. I want to see see um, you know there's even a temptation to be the guy at some point sure. but it's like. In reality, those successes oftentimes are fleeting. What's not is relationship. Hmm. Those endure. When you think about, like, I think about my first job ever, Papa John's Pizza, was because of a relationship, you know, like all of those opportunities are because of relationship. And so by investing in relationship, uh, we actually find, I've found greater success that endures longer than the thing or this. And and so it's just been, um, it's been a process though, I think. I had, I had one leader. I was like, hey, I'd love to guest preach for you. And he was like, it hurt in the moment, but it was so valuable. He said, I could get anybody to preach for me on the weekend. What I can't do is what you just did with our lead team and spending two hours yes. getting us where we. And it was just one of those realizations that my gifts have to align with my calling.
0: Yeah. If not, really I'm going to be
1: going against the grain. So. Some of these questions that you would ask your leaders, ask yourself. It's really good. What am I called to do? What am I passionate about? Where am I?
0: So. And I do think there's responsibility on the visionary leader to celebrate the giftings of those underneath them. I mean, I think that because that can be one of those things that if they think they are greater than them or have a better calling, it's not a better, it's just different, different. And I think we have to be able to celebrate that because what you're saying is exactly right. What you did, you know, throughout the week is something he or she couldn't have done. Right. And then, you know, preaching or being the person in front of something they sell that, you know, it's celebrated a lot, but it's not, it's just different. Right. Um, any other principles, practices you have for like best practices of leading up, of being that person that can serve well too in their position?
1: Yeah. I think with a visionary leader, and I mentioned this already, but when a vision is cast, I want my answer to always be yes. It's okay to have a, but. But okay. don't follow it right up with yes but. I don't want to be in opposition to a vision. I want a safe place for you to be able to dream because if what may happen is if it's a if it's met with opposition because I'm thinking strategically or mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifics, it could shut a visionary leader down and what happens to a shut down visionary leader is they don't stop being a visionary leader. They just go cast vision some, somewhere else <laughs> somewhere right. else and I'd rather it be here in a safe place. Right. It's it's building out that project plan presenting it with those objective hurdles and then allowing the leader to decide those next steps. So that's, that's the first one. I think another thing that I try to try to do with a visionary leader is I want to be ahead of my leader, but not beyond my leader. It's really good. When you think about vision, uh, think I've cast the trajectory of where I'm headed so I can be out front blazing the trail, thinking about the next steps, thinking about the, the, the process, the budget, all of that stuff while still not derailing the overall Mm -hmm. experience so again it's letting everybody operate in in their gifting and so um, i think that's that's helpful i want to be ridiculously in charge even though it's your vision i take ownership of it That's really good those three things i said before of you've got you've got a calling you've got a vision and you've got a responsibility i think it's my job leading up to own those those same things um because in reality I think if you're saying, Hey, I want the kingdom of God to grow. Or I want our business to impact more people. I want more people to experience the benefit of using our products. Like me too. Yeah. It's not so narrow that it's like, Oh, I don't know if a align on that. Right. So therefore I want to own that, which means I push ideas up. I want to track metrics through the process to see if we're effective. And then I think this is this may be one one key takeaway. I call it the blank sheet test. If you go into a meeting with your supervisor and you have a blank sheet of paper or an empty word doc and you're like, all right, boss, tell me what's up. What you've actually done is you've required them to have their to do list and your to do list all in their head.
0: That is so true. It's like it is. And it's really overwhelming. Right.
1: Who can do that? Like I've got my own things to work on. I've set the trajectory for you. Therefore I should be able to push stuff up and say, here's the progress that we made. I need to help with decisions here. I could, I should see my one-on-one or my meeting with my supervisor as my meeting to get what I need to continue to move forward. It's
0: really good. Yeah. That is a game changer way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, Any final words when it comes to this idea of leading up, you do it so well. Too many, too many.
1: Um, Respect the structure. I would yep. say, uh, if you've got a structure that you're operating in, lead up in, in your organization, don't work around people, develop people.
0: It's really good. And,
1: and that's, again, be the leader you wish you had to, to lead. So model what you're hoping other people see and, and work to develop those, those habits.
0: All right, Philip, any right. way that people can get in touch with you guys? How do they get connected with focus Four yeah. Twelve? What yeah. are you guys doing? Focus
1: for 12.com. P Engel at focus 412com 12.com. We would love to, uh, Talk about your organization and ministry and help. I'm telling you, your-
0: we've we've worked with them for a little over a year. Actually, it was right before COVID. Yeah. We we signed on with them because they have so highly recommended. And so when we when COVID happened, I was like, this is pointless. Why are we gonna do this? And then I realized it was the best thing ever that we used that whole season to really restructure and decentralize our church and redo our word charts and so much helpful yeah. stuff. So you guys have been a huge help. I hope this has been helpful for a yeah. lot of people. I can imagine that there's going to be a lot of people that are visionary leaders that hear this and send it to their staff. So it's probably something you need to do. (laughs) But uh, we drop new content first Wednesday of every month. Make sure you like, share, let me know what you think about it. Send me a message and I will see you. I hope we'll hear from each other and we'll be there for next month's episode of Made For More.